Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. I'm your host, John, and in a few moments we're going to look in this bonus episode at some of the lovely call-ins we've had. So, cue the music. So first up, we're going to start off with a call from Randy Nichols, one half of the dynamic duo responsible for the Biggest Geekers podcast, and he's talking about the episode we did a little while back on humanocentric campaigns. So take it away, Randy. I've been listening to a humanocentric one. Um, dude, that was good. Uh, that's something we talked about, Joe and I, a lot on the podcast, and I've never actually done it, but I think it'd be great. I think I would like to run it in a game system like Savage Worlds, one where the characters maybe, or the players, don't really you know expect anything in terms of what races have to be. And so, um, anyway, I think that would be really cool. So, um, i got to go. The wife's calling. <laughs> Talk to you later, man. Bye. Cheers, dude. Much appreciated. And yeah, I think you make a good point that doing a humanocentric campaign is probably less of a leap where there's not sort of expectations of various different races and stuff like that baked into the game. For instance, even with like older versions of D&D, people expect you to play elves, dwarves, halflings, whatever. And obviously that's just got sort of more the case in later editions with the various plethora of races that are available. So I think in those games, if you sort of sat down and you were like, right, humans only, you'd have to do more to make them distinct. And it would be more of, I suppose, a culture shock to the players, if that's the right term. So I think you'd have to sort of like prep the way a little bit and sort of ease them into that whereas a game where it's maybe a little bit more generic or there's not these assumptions baked in about what it's going to be i think you definitely have an easier time with that but i'd hope you know if you've got a regular group who you've run games for before and you were like hey look i've just got this idea let's try it let's see what happens i hope certainly with my own group i hope they'll be willing to sort of go with that and at least give it a try so if you don't try things how do you know what you like really Anyway, thank you very much for the call, dude. Much appreciated. And if anyone's listening out there, check out Biggest Geekers podcast, one of my personal favourites. Highly recommend it. Next up, we have a series of calls about my episode where I was talking about going back to doing things in a little bit more of a manual way and maybe lessening the impact of tech on my games that I'm running. And we've got a few different people calling in with that. The first one is Cody M. Hey, John, it's Cody. I was just um, calling in about your episode about getting back to, uh, or like reducing your technology at your games. And I had a a pretty similar revelation after I ran the Barrow Maze campaign on the Audio Dungeon. And I'm just going to break in there a little bit to let those of you who may be unaware that the audio dungeon Discord that a lot of us of us are anchorites are on. Cody ran a, a sort of open world drop-in game, I suppose like a West Marches game you might call it, that was based around the Baron Maze source book using the Delving Deeper rules. I was lucky enough to play in a fair few sessions of that and thoroughly enjoyed it. But back to Cody's message. I just, um, I was spending so much time in the minutia of prep with that game and not even like prep for the game, but prepping like the VTT itself. Um, and you know, and, and with all that time combined, I mean, I could have run like several, several sessions. So I think for me, it's, um, it's about finding the balance between 
the prep and like what am I going to be fiddling with and it, does it actually advance the game? And I think Cody makes a very important point here. At what point when you're like prepping using a VTT or something like that, does the actual fiddling around with the VTT and whatever become an end to itself? One of the, the books that I really enjoy is The Lazy Dungeon Master. And the follow-up, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master by Sly Flourish. And one of the points that he makes in that book is that you should seek to identify which bits of your prep are actually adding value to your game and which bits you're just doing out of a sense of obligation or as an end unto themselves. And those are the bits that you can sort of get rid of while you keep only the stuff that really adds to your game. And I think I've definitely been guilty, well, in the fairly recent past, of just becoming enamoured with all the various automation and stuff that T VTTs can do, and sort of like getting wrapped up in like, oh, what's the next cool thing they can do? Well, I can have this, I can have that. And a lot of it's not really added a great deal of stuff to my game. So I'm looking to scale back on that a little bit. And like I say, the, the technical problems were the spur for that, but it's something I've been considering for a while. I guess it's, you know, am I going to be fiddling with like technology or am I going to be playing the game? Um, and for me, I'd rather play the game. So in the past, I don't know, a year, I've just been running games. I just get a voice application like Discord. Where I hop in the Discord chat. I have my players roll their own dice. They manage their own character sheets in whatever way they see fit. And that's it. I've run dungeon crawls that way. I've run kind of short narrative campaigns that way. Um, and it all worked out really well for me so far. And I think that's just how I'm going to continue to do things from now on. I think I'm done setting up virtual tabletops, even like the simpler ones like Alba Rodeo and uh, you know other ones like that. So anyway, bud, keep up the good work. I really enjoy your show and I will talk to you later. Thanks very much, Cody. Very much appreciate the call-in. Yeah, again, I think it's a very good point. And whilst for myself, I don't think I'll ever go back to like the, the sort of real bare bones that Cody's talking about, you know, just a voice app. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just think for me, I like my maps a little bit too much and moving the tokens around on them and stuff like that. And obviously, I'm not really talking about the tactical combat here, but I do like, because I run a lot of hex crawls and stuff like that, I do like having a world map, you know, where... I can reveal locations as players discover them and stuff like that. So I don't think I'll ever go back to just a voice recording, but I'm definitely looking to streamline the amount of tech that I am using in my games. Next up, we've got some calls from Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Great podcast. Check that out. Talking again about running games using a more manual approach. Take it away, Jason. I've used Albert Radio before. We used it for Against Dark Master. Darren was in that game, actually, and it, it worked fine for what we needed. We just each had a copy of the actual rules, so when we were looking up charts and things like that, and for the character sheets, we just managed it separate from the VTT. Yeah, exactly. This is something I've been looking at as part of my sort of backup slash alternative solution. Just using Albert Rodeo for the basic maps. And then I've set up like a, a Google Drive spreadsheet with all of the pertinent details of the character sheets on it. I can send the link to the players and they can all have access to that. I've also run a game of Barbarians Lemoria where we just use Zoom. Zoom has whiteboard ability. I was able to share my screen also so we could 
do everything we needed without a VTT. I used Zoom's capability to just be the VTT, which was nice because the people's faces were on the same screen as whatever else we're doing. I only have a laptop that I work of, not multiple screens. So everything was in one place on the Zoom screen. So that was very nice and convenient. Everybody just managed their own character sheets, you know, on their own. And I had a copy of them. I've got to admit, Jason, I've considered using the Zoom whiteboard feature for maps and stuff. The only thing with me is I I mainly use my maps for like a consistent, constant like world map that sort of gradually gets unveiled. And I don't believe, I may be wrong, I don't believe that there is a way for you to save a, a whiteboard between different Zoom calls. So that would involve me basically redrawing the the world map each time and i'm really looking to avoid that whereas like i say something with albert rodeo and just have that map in it drop a couple of tokens on it to represent places of interest and then have a single token for the player party that i can move around i use zoom for a lot more than i use it to run games often we'll have problems with discord sound and we'll switch to zoom for meetings but i also use zoom extensively for my podcast i use it to record interviews I can definitely attest to this. I've been lucky enough to be on Nerds RPG Variety Cast a few times, and that's normally taken the form of a Zoom call between myself and Jason, where he's recorded the audio and then sort of edited it into the podcast later. And that seemed to work really well whenever I was involved in it. And I've used it a few times where we've had like Johannes on the show and stuff like that in the past. I use it often to, I'll have a variety of different things i'll run through zoom and then use that audio and i'll record that audio through zoom and then manipulate that record audio i find it useful in actually making my podcast as well and then i'll manipulate that audio in um, audacity but anyhow i i think you could definitely go a lot simpler i'm also happy with theater of the mind i play plenty of games or theater of the mind they're voice only on discord where people just manage their own things I, I don't know that you need automated dice rollers or any of that kind of stuff, I th- honestly. And, and, and people go back and forth on that. I don't necessarily think anything's wrong with it, but I think people rolling real dice and telling you the results is just fine too. So, Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with people rolling their own dice. And if any of the, the people in my group say, oh, do you mind if I roll like, physical dice rather than using the online dice roller of whatever VTT we happen to be using? Because both Foundry that we use at the minute and Alvaro Rodeo have... A sort of dice roller but if people wanted to roll random dice i would have no problems with that at all i know all of my players i've gamed with them for a while i'd certainly trust them to like roll their dice and give me the correct numbers so that's not really an issue for me cut myself off i'm interested to see where you go with this keep up the great work and i'll talk to you again soon thanks very much jason always appreciate your call-ins but lastly, on this subject of minimizing tech for the moment, we have a call in from Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. Take it away, Ray. Mr. Large, this is Ray uh, from Plundergrounds. I wanted to call in and encourage you in your efforts to minimize your technological setup. Uh, your mileage may vary, of course, but my own experience is that for the last two years, we've been using Discord for voice and video. We've been using Albert Rodeo for maps and handouts, and I've been using Google Docs after session to do a running campaign log, and that has worked fantastic. We use physical dice and physical sheets, which I like, but of course uh, your, your mileage could vary on that. You could certainly use the dice in Albert Rodeo or have a dice engine in your Discord um, and put your character sheets wherever you like. 
but I have found Albear surprisingly flexible. Uh, I would agree in your assessment that it's limited, but I would probably use the word focused because it gives me everything I need and nothing I don't. Um, you can, you know, cut and paste tokens from one map to another. You could choose grid or not grid, different kinds of grids. Um, you can, uh, Im you know, import your token sets and kind of put them in folders. It's just got a lot going on. Uh, the only thing I think that I am disappointed about sometimes is the persistence. So it, it usually retains its state from one week to the next. Um, and even from map to map, like if you change between maps, your tokens are still in the same place. But every once in a while, it'll kind of dump out its session data and you have to kind of re-import stuff. Other than that, I think it's great and good luck. Thanks very much for your call in, Ray. Greatly appreciated. And yeah, perhaps limited was uh, a poor choice of words when I was talking about Albert Rodeo. As I was saying earlier, I'm definitely guilty of being like sucked in by all the fantabulous things AVTT can potentially do for me without thinking, well, do I actually really need these in my game? And I'm hoping that maybe like streamlining some of that stuff and sort of trimming out what I don't need will help me sort of get back more to the, the core of the stuff that adds value to the game sessions that I'm running, as I said earlier. So thank you very much to all my wonderful callers. I'm going to wrap up this voicemail response episode for now because we're getting on near to the 15 minute mark if i've not answered your voicemail in this episode don't worry i do have some more but i'm trying to group them together via subject to see how that goes let me know what you think and i'll put out another voicemail episode in a couple of days where i'll respond to some of the other voicemail messages i've received so again thanks to all my wonderful callers if you'd like to call in perhaps be featured in a future episode at the minute we only put the voicemail response episodes on the podcast not on youtube but you could still be featured in that and you can get in touch with us a few different ways you can leave a voicemail message using speakpipe or anchor there'll be a link in the description for both of those or you can email us at rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com so until we see you again take care stay safe and whatever you're playing have fun